welcome to this next episode of the Global Growth Leaders Podcast. My name is Simon Haig, and I'm delighted once again to be joined by my co-host, Henry Wang. Hi, Simon. Hi. Well, glad to see everybody here. And uh, really, overcoming COVID has incurred unprecedented human and financial costs globally. Unlike prior economic crisis, which have been caused by a financial bubble, this, this current health pandemic is really causing serious global economic downturn and supply chain failures. And experts have warned that this isn't a, just a temporary hiccup, but a warning of something more serious to come. There are countries which are calling for quick fixes and return to business as usual. However, there are other countries which have more long-term visions calling to build back better with sustainable improvements. A good example is the recent call by United Nations, World Economic Forum and the G20 and B20 to build back better post-COVID with international collaborations. Thanks, Henry. So geopolitically, this crisis has, from a medical research perspective at least, underlined the huge value of global collaboration. We're witnessing the development and adaptation of life-saving technologies and massive research into treatments. We're experiencing perhaps not, perhaps not seen before, at least since the AIDS crisis of the 1980s, sharing of scientific journals, genome sequencing data and clinical trials, bringing together thousands of scientists, medics, companies, and researchers globally to facilitate greater international collaboration and understanding. Henry and I are conducting a series of global podcasts with, with distinguished international thought leaders from, the both, from both the West and the East. These thought leaders will be discussing key topical issues, including healthcare, youth, innovation, climate change, media, culture, and today leadership and more. We hope that these open exchanges of the views with international thought leaders from both the West and the East should help foster greater international understanding and cooperation. And we're delighted that all episodes will be featured on all leading podcast channels, YouTube, social media, and more. Thank you, Simon. I'm really happy to welcome Ole and Raymond to our podcast today. This is really a groundbreaking podcast with two famous futurists. So I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, well, Raymond, let me let me introduce Raymond. Raymond is a famous entrepreneur from Hong Kong. He has extensive business knowledge with multinational companies such as uh, Hewlett Packard and Saab. And now he started up his own company, Riverland and Future Now. Well, maybe Raymond, can you share with us some of your impressive career? Because our listener will be very interested in your journey. Thank you, Henry, uh, Simon, and Ole. It's a great pleasure for me to be here. Um, I've been in the uh, IT industry with the uh, global companies for over 20 years. My main focus of career is on the digital transformation across Asia, acting as a digital concierge to help our clients to grow up in Asia. Um, we do like uh, creative digital campaigns and influencers. And over the years, we've groomed over thousands of uh, influencers uh, um, for our customers. Um, have to say that um, all of a sudden I came across with Rotary Club and joined them. 
through all different services with uh, underprivileged youth and educators. Um, I myself learned uh, difference, the differences in society and a great reflection of myself. Uh, it has changed my perspective on how, uh, how I see the world and how different ages, gender, races, and different culture. But one thing I believe, I believe there is a great opportunity for them to collaborate and build a sustainable world via knowledge. And therefore, about a year ago, I have another venture and I decided to build a purpose company called Future Now. It is a bite-sized knowledge influencer platform that you can equip with future skills from zero to hero in just three minutes time. You can learn, um, share your knowledge and earn extra income and become your second career via your key knowledges. Wow, thank you, Raymond. That's really impressive. And, and I'm sure this will be another big startup success like uh, your other entrepreneurial successes. Well, I've, you've done a, a huge amount of work on the key opinion leadership. I've attended your, your and, and really enjoy your speeches at Rotary Club when you gave, gave this speech. And I think this is going to be really important for the Asian market. Would you like to share with us your work on KOL, key opinion leadership and its importance for the Asian market? Sure, um, thanks Henry. I think uh, one of the things that uh, I think our audience can think of is uh, besides the word KOL, key opinion leaders or influencers in the Asian market or in the China itself, um, we call them uh, Wang Hong, W-A-N-G-H-O-N-G. And you can search, let's say in Google, in a lot of uh, different uh, search engine, you will find this economy is blooming. Um, the best way to share is uh, to uh, share some figures. Um, I think the, uh, the, uh, the, just by China itself, um, the influence economy is over five, 500 billion RMB, or I would say it is a 75 billion US dollar business. Um, and, by, um, and China itself has the largest interest, uh, internet populations in the world. Uh, we have about 850 million internet users and 99% uh, of them are on mobile. Um, why is that so popular? And um, there's also one more fact that we should know that 70% uh, of, uh, of, of the internet populations are under 40 year old and 45% of them are even under the age of 30. So um, I think um, China is particular, uh, particularly successful due to their large populations and the very well established uh, technology, uh, 5Gs, and um, so that they can go online cheaper, okay? Um, with the uh, Alibaba e-commerce infrastructure and its uh, phenomenal logistics to back up the operation. Um, the, uh, the KOL, the Wang Hong, the influencer economy is just booming in Asia. Um, that's uh, something I would like to share with the, with the team here. That, wow, that's really impressive. And it is a huge, huge market. So looking ahead, Raymond, how do you see the business leader and these influencers in China and Asia seizing the initiative for change through international collaboration or with their overseas counterparts? Um, I would say the... Uh... A lot of challenge that uh, we are facing now um, at the clock cannot go back. And most of the challenge, um, uh, I would say, such as uh, climate, pollutions or trade that we are facing um, cannot be 
solved by an individual country. Um, there's a Chinese uh, saying that uh, a crisis is also a turning point. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic is seen as an uh, uh, infection point for the uh, digitalization and transformation of many sectors. Uh, beyond the pandemic, business outlook, I think, is, is still remain very optimistic with plenty of opportunities in, uh, uh, in a, uh, example, transportation and logistics, uh, medical services, uh, and food tax space, despite the uh, economy challenge, uh, challenges at present. Wow, that's very, very impressive. Thank you very much. Over Thank you, Raymond. Thank you, Raymond. So, so next up, we are very honored to have uh, a wonderful global thought leader, number one global leading coach and author, Oleg Konavalov. Oleg, how are you? Thank you very much, Simon. Thank you for inviting me for this great conversation. Thank you. It's, it's, it's great to have you here. So maybe first up, give us an overview of you, your career, and what you do today. Hmm. Thank you. Ah, Simon, I would position myself in a simple way. I am a solution finder. I'm not a problem solver. I'm a solution finder. I look for grand solutions that allow to solve problems and look far beyond the swamp of a daily worries. You know, our life is defined not by a number of problems we solved, but by solutions we found that allowed creating successful businesses, live in happy families, and create value for others. So my work identifies leaders' strategic needs and helps them to drive their, drive their companies to success. And my greatest interest is how to connect leaders, people, technologies, and vision about the future and explore the abundance of opportunities. I wrote quite a few quite good business books. And my latest book, which presents vision as a practical business tool and reveals the secrets of creating and executing a strong vision, the vision code will be released by Wiley in January. Uh, it's a huge, it's my huge passion and the, my most passion and, uh, and I have a tremendous advantage. I live between East and West in the UK and Russia that allows me to grasp the best of both. <laughs> wow. That, that, that's amazing. And I, I, I personally can't wait to read the vision code. Uh, I think it will, you know, putting some sort of system around how companies create a vision I think people will really, really be interested in this book. So, so I suppose next up, Oleg, how do you think companies uh, today, how do they go about developing an inclusive, globally-minded vision? How do you think they can do that? Well, the, the question actually is tough because we're living in a time of leadership blindness. And I will tell you why. Because most leaders are claimed that they have a vision, but in truth, less than about 0.1% of leaders actually have a vision. Therefore, when COVID came, people start panicking because they don't know where to go. And more than leaders even often can't explain what vision is and how to create it, how to make it a reality. So we have a huge gap in terms of leadership development, which I see as a huge opportunity. I talk daily with leaders from Malaysia, China, India, Russia, France, UK, USA, Canada, Brazil, Portugal. And demand for compelling vision is incredible these days because people, thanks to COVID, 
people quickly realize that it's not about the bottom line. It's about the future that they obliged to create for others. So we need desperately need leaders at all levels, not just at the top, but at all levels to be armed with understanding of vision as never before, uh, because we can't talk about long-term progress. And in fact, unfortunately, we do very little about developing this inclusive, globally-minded vision today. Uh, yet, as I said, it's a huge opportunity and uh, we need just to explore it all together. All I, I agree. I agree. And Raymond said we can't turn the clock back. You know, I think there's such no. opportunity for the world collaboratively to drive significant innovative projects and significant advancements. So how do you see the East and the West working better to collaborate, to bring about better leadership paradigms or, or visions? How, how do you see more cooperation? I would answer in a bit of strange, in a strange manner. Vision is not a gift, right? Vision grows from the deepest aspirations which become a very focused solution to a grand problem. Here we must consider that vision doesn't have nationality, it doesn't have gender, or it doesn't have a race, right? It's for all of us. Vision is about creating value for others, regardless where they are and who they are. And creating a positive future for all, it is inclusive, whether on a local or a global scale. Think from a simple perspective. Vision defines our human evolution. So it's not about East or West. This is about all of us progressing together for the good of everyone, right? And we should join forces setting common goals. Vision is not about being better than others, but about making others satisfied and happy. And therefore it is about collaboration rather than competition. Complementing each other instead of standing against each other or looking for differences. If we have a strong common vision, we would not think about competition. We will collaborate naturally as we all will benefit from it. We all contribute to it. When we, I will put it simply, when we cook together, we must eat together. And when we talk about the future, is no future for East or no future first for West. It's a future for all of us. That's so beautifully put. And, you know, we're living on a small planet in a huge universe and, and we need to get on. We need to collaborate for the future. So that was wonderful. Thanks, Oleg. Thank you. Thank you. No, thanks, Oleg. And, and I like your saying, when we cook together, we eat together. That's, that's nice. I, I love food. <laughs> on that point, I'd like to come to Raymond. Raymond, in follow-up to what Oleg said, and, and really looking ahead uh, on the recovery post-COVID, what do you see as the top two to three priorities that you would advise other entrepreneurs and business leaders in Asia, China, Hong Kong, that they should uh, go forward on? Hello. Hi, Raymond. Hi. 
Okay. That's it. Okay. I would say the top three priorities will be uh, number one, I think it's very important, is to uh, uh, embrace uh, SDGs, um, Sustainable Development Goals, in every aspect for every entrepreneur, uh, for every um, uh, corporate. It simply uh, helps the world to run better and more sustainable. That's uh, that would be the first, very first priority, I would say, to advise to all the uh, um, companies. Second is to um, reimagine our workforce. I believe that uh, there is a paradigm, paradigm shift of our new economy. We will create um, a global workforce mismatch, um, especially with our AI, with our technology upcoming. Um, there are a lot of uh, 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 global, uh, uh, I would say, the workforce crisis anytime in between now and um, upcoming five to 10 years. So um, one of the top priority for the corporates or for any companies, they should nurture uh, and reskill uh, their employees um, and help the employees to have continuous learning. Um, at the end of the day, employees or, or um, help uh, our companies to, to make uh, uh, money, um, to make our company better. They need to re-educate, re they need to reskills, and reskill quick. Um, there are lots of things we need to learn, so we need to learn faster. Um, last but not least um, is empathy and care. Um, is we are in, at the end of the day, we are humans. Um, the world becomes faster and a lot of the uh, virtual reality things are going on. But don't forget we are human. We all need to have care. Um, so um, for uh, any business leaders, I think uh, this empathy and care is, uh, is very important um, um, for, for everyone here. I think that's very important point. I, I really agree with you, Raymond. And this empathy, inclusiveness, I think it's very important as we go ahead, particularly in this difficult time. Thank you very much. I, I agree. And, and thanks, Raymond. That was profound. And uh, so back to you, Oleg. What, this is a subject close to my heart. You know, business has generally been run by return on investment. But, but kind of aligning with what Raymond said there, how do you see leadership moving business from pure return on investment to more a human relationship version of return on investment? Thank you, Simon. And, and thank you, Raymond. I well, love your definitions. And what I could add, uh, it wouldn't be very different. Because what I see, leaders' role is to define the future and lead people to it. And in this sense, we could talk first, it's about vision reflects the highest purpose of leadership, purposeful acting for and with people. And therefore, we must consider that leadership is not about ego, right? Ego kills vision instantly. So far, we have too many leaders driven by their ego and personal ambitions. But no, no one would be attracted by their boss ego, right? So wouldn't wouldn't be no following. Second, vision cannot be created through consensus. It only can be created by strong leadership, and that's where strong leadership stand out. We're short of the leaders that really see new grounds, and thus people really prepare to follow them. That's the reason why we have a few, a very few visions. 
consensus comes into play when a leader has no idea where to go and instead seeks to please everyone. You know, pleasers don't create future. They don't create value. They're faceless. So we need strong leaders. And the third very important issue, actually we mentioned it, when we travel across the continents, like for instance, if I'm flying from Beijing to Amsterdam, we're facing a time lock or jet lock. Now we face a mind lock where leaders of East or West doesn't matter, are more concerned about the past, a bit about the present and very little about the future. So we must shift to a future focused mentality. Mm. You know, and therefore return on investment or the bottom line is only a reflection of the past effort, but it doesn't show how we progress towards creating that bright future. That's critical. Wow, Thank that's you. powerful. And it's interesting, I'm presenting at a conference in London in a couple of weeks about the next version of business. And I think I'm going to use some of your quotes if you don't mind, both of you. So. <laughs> that was Thank, wonderful. You. Thank you, Oleg. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. I, I, I like what they say about we need to have a future-focused mentality. And, and on that important point, I like to come to Raven and say, looking forward, how do you think and how would you advise entrepreneur and business leaders in, in Asia and, and China to collaborate more with their counterparts in the West? I think this is really going to be crucial for recovery post-COVID. Raymond? Right. I um, First of all, I have to echo Ole, what Ole mentioned about the vision. There's basically no, uh, no, uh, no boundaries. You know? um, it's about the, our, all, our, all of our futures. Um, from my perspective, I see um, what we should do is, uh, is a mind sh mind mindset shifting from me to we. Okay, it's very important. It's very simple. It's a me to a we. I think if we have this uh, mindset in our in our in our brain in our soul, and we will be more uh, respective uh, respect to each other. Um, we will uh, we should learn uh, uh, about the culture and uh, and the history and the strength and weakness of each of the east or west. Uh, it doesn't matter. Because every, every country has their own, every culture has their own strength and weakness. Um, as a business leader, uh, if we could uh, go more in depth um, to understand more about uh, each uh, uh, area's culture and learn to respect with each other, I think um, that will help a lot uh, um, when, when the East and West collaborating uh, better uh, globally. Um, in a simple word, I would say, um, let's not think of the business. Let's think of the food that we talk about. I believe there are a lot of great examples, like you know the the, the east and west eat meat eat, eat, eat with west recipe uh, in the world, right? <laughs> if we go in online, right? Um, so let's make the food happens. You know, we can uh, we can cook together, eat together, and uh, have fun together. And my last word is, um, I believe, like a more equal world is a more harmonious world. So um, let's make um, the world from me to we. That's, uh, that's my advice. Wow. wow, thank you. That's very powerful. Thank you, Raymond.
No, it is powerful. Yeah. And, you know, talking about eating together, I'm sitting here in Ireland and, and uh, I was in Wuhan about five years ago and I was amazed to find a stall in a market selling Irish potatoes. It was selling right. potatoes from Ireland. So, <laughs> so we all eat together. <laughs> so, so, so finally, Oleg, the final question, how do you see the West learning from the East and maybe the East learning from the West in terms of leadership? Hmm. You know, if we don't see something beautiful and unique in each other, then we can't create anything beautiful and unique that will be beneficial for all, mm -hmm. right? So we, we always learn from each other. We can write a book, a huge thick book on what we can learn from each other. In fact, think, West learns from Sun Tzu, right? And East learns from the Peter Drucker's work, right? West learns from East about mentality, which is longer than life. East learns about servant leadership. So we're always learning from each other. Actually, we're just not admitting this much. But in fact, we do. And I want to stress one important commonality for all of leaders, of leaders of the West and leaders of the East. It is about responsibility. We are, and everything we do, are living artifacts for the next generations, right? We are responsible for the next generation, how the next generation would think, act, and live. And we're responsible for the legacy we leave and for being a model for the future generations. Uh, think, we're living example for them and the, if we will show them how to live together, they will be much stronger. They will be visionaries, you know, and this is quite important. It's not about us. It's about the next generation. Wow. And well, that's, that's quite important. That's powerful. Yeah, no, that's powerful. And something that I hadn't thought about before, and maybe this is a future book for you, is that you know, globalization obviously has had economic impacts, you know, between the West and the East, but it's also provided for cultural interchange. So, for example, you know, the West is using much more mindfulness and meditation that originated more from the East. And then I suppose, as you know, Raymond, a lot of technology and innovation has been adapted in the East and improved and advanced. So I think globalization has actually enhanced cultural interchange. And I think there's a book in that. That's a very good point, I agree. We are actually all authors here. Yeah, that, that's yeah. amazing. That's a common thing we all share. And, exactly. and I really agree with what Ole say. In a way, I think our time on this earth is really limited. And as I live more and more, I realize that the more important thing is not what I do, but what I leave behind, the legacy and how it may benefit others on this earth and make this earth a better place. That's why I think, that's one of the reasons why we are doing this podcast. Yeah. It is all charity and it's all to promote international understanding and service. And I'm, I'm really great that we have leaders like Ole and Raymond here, which are very famous in their own fields and leaders in their own fields sharing their own, their really insightful comment 
for us. And I, I really enjoyed, and I hope our global audience who's going to be watching this will be enjoying it as much as, much as I have and learn as much as I have, because I'm a true believer in I never stop learning. Thank you very much to you both, you. Ole and Raymond. Absolutely. And I agree. And, you know, just to repeat that it's a privilege to hear these thoughts and to hear you share. And, you know, Henry and I set this podcast series up really to provide a little bit of inspiration and hope during some difficult times this year. And without saying too much, we have, you know, something interesting lined up next year, hopefully to bring all our guests back together. Um, and uh, but in the meantime, we really hope that as many people get it to tune in and listen to these, uh, watch and listen these to these uh, these uh, chats. As I said, they'll be on all um, podcast channels. Uh, they'll be on YouTube, social media, and we'd ask all of us to, to share this as much as possible. It's about really spreading the word of the future. So for me, Henry, this is actually one of my favorite chats to date. I found, I, I feel very uplifted. So thank you both very much. It was wonderful. Thank you. 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 Thank you.